1: On today's episode, ladies, you're in for a real treat. We have Paige Turner, who is not only the host, but the executive producer and creator of Fix My Flip, which is a show featured on HGTV. And what I, what I love about this interview is there's such an authentic, real, you know, conversation we had with Paige, um, which was super amazing. And I think one of the things you're going to appreciate most is we get into the business side of flips. Because, you know, we, you know, we talk about how this isn't just a side hustle and she gives some great suggestions on what you really want to have in place so you make sure you're running it like a business.
2: Absolutely. And, and also we talk about the mindset, right? The mindset that is holding women back because we tend to do a lot of things. By ourselves and real estate, it's not a solo game. So, Paige, really break down how can we overcome all those reasons or excuses why we're not investing in flips and building our own business. So, it's a very, very tactical episode for you that are looking to invest in flips with confidence. That's the key here.
0: Interest rates are sky high in 2023, and buying a rental property means you could get stuck with an 8, 9, or 10% mortgage rate. But what about a 2.99% rate with rent-to-retirement? Rent-to-retirement has 2.99% seller financing available on turnkey properties. You heard that right. That's a seller-financed 2.99% interest rate with an average cash flow of over $900 per month. Plus, they've got options where you can put as little as 5% down with no PMI. As the nation's leading turnkey investment company, Rent to Retirement helps investors build headache-free, high-cash-flow rental portfolios. And since their properties are fully turnkey, newly built or renovated, leased and managed, anyone can invest, even those who aren't into landlording. So what are you waiting for? This 2.99% rate deal won't last long. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. You're trying to
3: close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Short term or multifamily portfolio, steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit steadily.com for a commitment free quote tailored to your needs today.
1: Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz and this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investor Show, where we're all about empowering women worldwide to live a financially free and balanced life and address whatever balance means to them, right? Yes, it is. There's different forms, right? Whatever we, works for you. Yes, yeah, so we get some pushback on that word balance. So we like to keep saying it because <laughs> it's important. We know right now we're all in on in podcasting. Obviously, I'm not balanced right now, right? But holistically, we want to create lives on our own terms and and serving people and making and creating financial freedom. So that's what we're about here in our community. Paige Turner the host of Fix My Flip on HGTV. Thank you so much for being here. We're so excited to have you here today.
4: Liz and Andressa. thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. You just ignited like something in my soul
1: with your opening. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> wow. Well, and, and being being in this game for over 20 years and what you do, I uh, just really appreciate you being here too and excited to jump into all things flipping. And that's my opening story. Um... I don't think I can run, fix my flip, to be honest with you. I don't think I could step into the shoes that you have. But we've done a handful, I'd say more than a couple dozen flips over our tenure. We're more multifamily. Uh, Syndicators is where we kind of went all in in our investing journey, me and my husband. But I want to share this quick story because it, it ties in the power of a network. So really quick, we got a call from our attorney, which is a funny call to get. Mm. But we got a call from our attorney and he said, um, which one, Which uh, Ron, and I I'll can... never forget where because, you know, when, and I'm so sad to say this, but I was on the way to a funeral. So I know, you know, when you get calls in high emotional uh, times or something happens on high emotional times, you remember everything. I remember where I was sitting. I remember I haven't gone into the funeral home. Like I remember everything. We're like, Ron, we're literally at a funeral on a way to walk in. This is not a good time. It's like, listen, I have an opportunity, a flip in XYZ neighborhood. You gotta call me back. We're like, <laughs> sounds amazing. We're not gonna talk to you right now about it. So anyway, after everything, we ended uh, that, up that calls- was a
2: good call from Ron. I, don't, I'm I know I've got to call and say, why do I get those calls? So
1: first <laughs> you will, first, first lesson. You can get you can get opportunities from anyone, even your attorney, which was an interesting piece. But why I'm telling you all this, this was a 7,000 square foot home, uh, six-bedroom home. And it was literally the largest type of flip that we would ever have done, and my husband and I were talking. We're like, "This is like a big deal for us, right?" The cost of the house, everything, because you know, A was in a little bit of a higher, you know, higher um, priced home environment, and you're renovating literally six thousand square feet. And I remember calling on Jessa because she's my at that point long before investor, but her and I were on a mastermind together and support to each other. And I remember bouncing this off of her, and she's like, "Liz." You got this. You're going to be bringing in partners. You're doing all the right things. Go for it. And like I remember that conversation. I don't know if you remember that, Anjessa. I do not. Okay, we have a lot of conversations. Sometimes remembrance. She'll say the same thing to me. I'm like, I don't remember that. I don't remember saying that to you, but I remember it. And I remember feeling much better about the situation. I spoke to my husband, but something about my peer and my friend and someone else in the mastermind was saying that to me gave me this extra boost. And we ended up doing great with the project. We profited uh, very well on it. Had another contract before we were done. So everything worked out. I can't say that for every flip we did, but everything worked (laughs) out for that that project. And I just tell tell you that because what we're putting together in June, June 23rd, June 24th, we have our our inaugural InvestorCon, which is our in-person conference in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's a two-day transformational experience. And it's going to be where you're going to meet women that have your back. Like Andressa had my back that day. So she saw something in me. And when I doubted myself, she's like, you got this. You've done other flips. You're doing the right things. Go for it. So all she needed to say was a five-minute conversation. And I'm like, we're going for this. And sometimes we don't have women in our circle that can do that. And and that is what one of the biggest things you're going to get, like really meaningful connections, meaningful relationships you're going to get from our conference, plus 20 speakers, five keynotes, just, uh, just an experience in, in and of itself. It's not going to be a boring conference, but you're going to meet those women who have your back and uh and if you have women like that you're going to meet more of them because we all need women a a handful of them that have our back and we can just call when we um don't believe in ourselves so that's what I wanted yeah. to share and you can go to our website to learn more about it we have June 23rd June 24th so it's called
2: mindful networking because when it's just like a whatever traditional networking is just like very transactional, right? So we're preparing a very mindful networking with some structure for you to really connect with other women in a different level. So your relationship does not end when this event ends. Our intention is for you to build relationships that are going to last beyond this event. So I cannot tell you, you should not miss this event. I'm telling you, it's going to be transformational. That's all what
1: Liz and I can tell you for now. Yes. And you can check it out at our website, therealestateinvestor.com and get more info there. So without further ado, Paige, thank you again so much for being here. I have so many questions for you. And, and the one that we always like to kind of kick things off for our interviews is what propelled you to get involved in flipping, to be a real estate investor? What was it for you that moved you in, in this direction? Three babies, all under the age of two, and no child support. <laughs> oh, great.
2: The, 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 I see these stars all aligned for you. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, that's, I was uh, born and, and raised in Los Angeles and having three babies a little bit before I was prepared. Two of them are twins, so that's how they all kind of came at one time. Um, I was like, well, this is my new normal. That was before saying new normal was a thing, you know, they're 25 and 27 now. And I said, I have to find a a better way to live other than clocking in, you know, because I'm going to miss everything. I'm going to be, as we say now, hyper irritable. (laughs) I'm going to just be living paycheck to paycheck and never be able to catch up. Even though I wasn't doing bad, once you have three children, well, you know, Now that they're all, I'll say this, now that they're all adults and graduated from college, I didn't realize how much money I've had all these years because they're off my payroll now. So now, you know, for 24 years while they were, or 23 years while they were in college, I'm like, will I ever see money again? This is my own. So that's what started me in real estate. Um, I worked for Magic Johnson for a long time, like six years. And so that was my first experience. I worked for Magic Johnson Development specifically, Mm. where he was going into urban areas and finding different cities where he could plant the first Black-owned movie theaters Mm. in an urban area. And so the first one was out here in Los Angeles in the Crenshaw District, and um, at the time, Ken Lombard was running Magic Johnson Development, and so he was one that said, you should get into real estate. I was st- still super young, like 25, 26. And I was like, okay, whatever that means. That sounds fun. I love doing this, but I still didn't understand. Long story short, decided to make a change in a journey to Nashville. the time, it was much more affordable for a single mom with three little girls, and I remember that conversation. I said, well, I only know three people in Nashville, but maybe I could get my license still, and that's where it started. Now, I didn't know that I'd be working much more than a nine to five. (laughs) It turned into 20 hours a day, (laughs) but at least I could work from the volleyball game, you know, or from, you know, band uh, practice. So it's really been a blessing in my life. And that's how the long story. Well, it was really that. a short story, but <laughs> the short of the long, because I'm long-winded, you guys.
2: <laughs> and, and, and fast forward, uh, now you're the host of fix, fix My Flip on HGTV. And I, I, I wish, I think all, a lot of the women that are listening wish they had this button, this red button, their flip, that when, when the contractor doesn't show up or things are just like one behind the other, they push that button, fix my flip, <laughs> and then here comes Paige. Here comes Paige and say, okay, let's fix this, <laughs> right? Because I, I I, had moments that the lessons that I had to learn and all the flips that I did, and I was like, oh my gosh, I need somebody to kind of like save me. But I had to save myself, right? The, the, there was not anybody... To, to save it, but for all the women that are listening, they understand <clears throat> real estate, the, the the power of adding value to a house. Yeah. However, many underestimate it and over trust people and don't put systems and processing in place and just like, oh, yeah, well, we're doing it. All of the study were six months in this project, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, from, from, from the women that are listening, that are thinking about, okay, I need to have some structure in order for me to be able to do a profitable flip, because that's yeah. the goal. Yep. What would you say are the, the most common mistakes that, that people make when, when doing their fix and flip projects?
4: So, that's a good question. I'm going to give you the first mistake. And this is what's so brilliant. Your conference, I, will belie- I do believe, will solve the first mistake because you're going beyond networking and you're creating relationship building so that a woman that I meet at your conference, I'll be able to know I can depend on her to call because she wouldn't be there under your leadership, under your guidance, unless she wanted the same thing. So the first mistake people make is that they don't get a mentor. They don't shadow somebody. And they don't simply pick up the phone and call and ask people, even if they don't know that person, just by, you know, I I call it shaking hands and kissing babies. You know, we haven't been able to do that so much during the pandemic. But now that life is coming back and in-person events are happening and small groups are meeting, you can go back and start building those relationships again and find somebody who you can shadow. Or when you ask somebody, when you invite somebody, that's what I like to say, to be a mentor in your life, well... I'm a firm believer that, you know, sometimes we have those big sisters that we can call on for help, but sometimes we have to invest in ourselves by investing in a mentor financially, you know, because people show up for that, right? And even if you think you're creative and say, listen, you've done this before and I need your help, so I'll cut you in the deal. Because like you just said, I'm in this to profit, so there is room. There's no need to be greedy. Mm -hmm. I hate greedy people. There's enough to share all the way around, even if that means I have to take a little less but I get so much more from the impact that mentor will give me because guess what? In the long run, I'm going to save because I wanted to make all the mistakes.
1: Indeed. Yeah, I love that. The, you know, I think, I think just the mentor conversation is an important one. You know, we see it a lot in our, our community. Some women really know how to, you know, Hey, I need some help here. And, and, and other women just have no idea on how to really pos- position themselves to, to either ask for a mentor or, or, or be a mentor. And I'm just curious, like, you know, I'll, I'll get emails of women who literally just like, can you mentor me? That's, that's the email. I'm sure, sure Page. you get yeah. like hundreds of thousands of <laughs> emails but it's it's you know and I don't mean to be mean about it but that's you know I have I get a lot of emails I'm sure yeah. you know I get a ton of yeah. emails and I really like responding to everyone I just that's me I just want to help everyone that's God like one of, my, one of my one of my Achilles heels but you know <laughs> but on the other hand for the mentorship perspective how can women you know to position themselves properly, you know, to invite someone to, to be a mentor. And, and I'm curious if there's any suggestions you have, because I think this is a big one for women. Um, they don't want to ask for help. They don't want to bother somebody. We all have a long list why we don't put ourselves out there. Why don't we ask the question? We really want to ask, but we're just held back.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and
1: we really, one of the things that I'm just, I stand for is that we're not held back and you're holding yourself back so how do we break through that right ask for what you yeah. ask for what you want make sure you're getting what is due here and 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 women are so worth it so how have you seen women break past that oh i don't want to ask for a mentor i don't want to ask for help i don't want to i don't want to bother people how have you seen women can successfully do that so they can be in the position to get what they want Honestly, Liz, I
4: haven't seen too many women do that. I think pride and ego and mostly fear get in the way. And then there's also you talked about balance at the beginning, which psh, I threw that out the window a long time ago. I just I just I, I am first true to myself and make sure that I am in a healthy mental and spiritual place and then everything else I figure out. But I think that um another word you mentioned, Liz was alignment. You know, you have the woman that just says, We be my mentor. I'm like. Okay, well, one, I don't know you. Two, we haven't cultivated a relationship. Three, are you trustworthy? You know, and four, are we supposed to work together? So it's a lot more than just a simple question that we get in a DM. And quite honestly, I'm still trying to figure that out outside of having conferences. And, you know, I'm not in a position in my life where I want a one on one coaching accountability session. I just graduated three children from college a couple of years ago, and I just don't. (laughs) want to babysit anybody, but what I do want to do is come in and part, drop the gems, drop the knowledge. You have, um, like if you're ever in church, you have like these evangelists, they just go, they drop the word and they move on, you know, where pastors stay and they cultivate and they come every Sunday. That's not me right now in in this stage of my life. So I think each person is different. I do find that fear holds so many women back from asking for help when they're in trouble. You know, being a real estate broker for 20 years, I see that's how people went into foreclosure. People just don't stop and say, how can I stop, you know, from going into foreclosure? We'll sell your house, you know, but sometimes ego, (laughs) you can sell your house and make a profit as soon as you see yourself, slipping, a real car, real rent.
2: go yep. immediately,
4: you know, don't go into foreclosure, especially when you have equity in your house. But because of fear and pride and ego, people would just rather have all those notices go up and the sheriffs come in and dump everything out. You know, I listed for HUD for 10 years. So I watched it happen all the time. So Liz, you know, I think that each situation is just so completely different, you know, but I do see less women asking for help. I actually see more men asking for help you know, than women. But we carry so much on our shoulders that there's no judgment there. It's just a matter of learning and getting around other like-minded women, like at your conference, where you have that safe space and where you learn, 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 learn. And now you know how to
2: ask, where to ask. I agree with you. And I think that many times women get stuck They either don't don't get started or they don't scale their business because they are always thinking, how can I handle all of it right Mm -hmm. by myself? And that is the the point here that we are trying to to talk to all of you listening. You're stuck because you're thinking that you're a solo and you (laughs) will be solo. And this real estate, it's not a solo game. It's a team game and you better start playing it right now. Otherwise, you're going to burn out because you yeah. can. I always say, listen, bad things happen, but also good things, really good things happen. It happened to me when, OK, I had two or three flips going on at the same time. Guess what? And I said, no, I don't want any other. And then that great deal <laughs> comes across and you're like, I can't Four. let that pass. I can't let that pass. Right. So you got to Two more and all of a yeah. sudden you have it. So for the women that are listening, you've got to think about different types of partnerships. And I'm not asking you to marry somebody, to think about this long-term relationship. You can test the waters with different people, but you you can either pay for your mistakes or you pay for somebody else's experience. Yeah. And you're going to just soak that in, right? In terms of flips, one of the biggest concerns that women have is that managing the budget and managing the timeline and sometimes those two are like <laughs> twins they sometimes don't don't go together at all yeah because those are very critical right managing the money and managing your your timeline what have you seen in your flips that you're part of that really worked Cause right. I can tell you what doesn't, but I want to, you.
4: <laughs> well, you know, going back, cause you asked me for three tips. So you just nailed the next two. The second oh, one is build a strong team. Like even before you jump in, you need to know who's on your team, who you can rely on. And this is aside from your mentor. Once you, you know, work through that and establish that you have to build a strong team. No flip her is an Island. You can't do this by yourself. Right. And so knowing who's on your team first and interviewing people interviewing contractors because if you get a, a rotten apple they're not going to show up they're going to way overcharge you and they don't they won't understand well, let me say this building a strong team with your contractor with your realtor with even your insurance you know company Everybody knows that, hey, once we get this one done or three done at the same time, we're always going to be able to keep making money together. So this isn't just a one off where I'm going to not use you anymore. Like my contractor right now, we're like on our fifth flip just in the last couple of months. And, and I have other go tos because I do like having backups as well because people get busy or life happens to people. But I'm like, hey, listen, let's keep this pipeline going. So when my, my investments are always a pipeline. So once I get this one done, okay, so this is going to be four month money down the line, you know, and, and then five month money. And even if it's 12 months, like let's say new construction, because I'm still a you know real estate broker, do we not need to get paid next March? Yes, we do. So, you know, it's always a pipeline that I'm building. So number two is a team. And number three is this budget. On this show, you guys, you are not going to believe the women that get involved and need help. You know, I always say when you're in a hole, stop digging and just ask for help. Somebody's going to throw you a rope, even if you have to, you know, include them in the deal, ask for help, who don't know their budget. On the show, you're going to see me say, upon introduction, so what's your budget? And they're going to say, I don't know. Oh, Can you imagine buying a $700,000 property that's worth 1.5 million after renovation and you don't know your budget or your exit plan? Or Why your did team. That happen? Because you don't have a mentor, you don't have a budget, you don't have a team, you don't have a marketing plan, you don't know what you're doing. And and I and I apparently, now that I'm watching the show, I don't have a poker face. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I have to work on it. So I'm like, what? <laughs> and I even offer said woman in this particular example. Let me buy this from you, because what I don't want you to do is risk your entire savings and legacy, because that's what's happening. You're going to lose every dime. If I buy this from you right now, you'll make three hundred thousand dollars and you can move on with your life. But if not, and so you'll have to tune in to see if they even work out. Because I don't even know if they're going to finish their flip and accept my help.
2: Oh, my gosh. Sometimes ego gets in in, in the way. Most times of- it's
4: ego and ego and pride. I've seen that for the last 20 years I've been in this business and it breaks my heart, especially coming from women. When I'm begging them to let me help you, uh, you know, people, These I don't watch football, but so this might sound silly, but you don't win the Super Bowl without having a good coach on the sideline. The coach sees what you can't because the coach's eyes are up and looking while your eyes are down, getting ready to go do your play. Right. And so I haven't this, the, this past Super Bowl because it was the L.A. Rams. It was the first full football game I've ever watched in my life. I hate football. but I was so excited because I I literally because it was the L.A. Rams. I'm from L.A. and it's you know, it was in the new SoFi Stadium. I didn't go. I watched it. But. I, you know, I applied it to life and I was like, oh my God, this is such a comeback story. Oh my God, look at these plays they're making. They're doing something in history that women, we can all take part of when you put together that team and listen to your coach.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And I think you said something in in uh, something I was reading about how important this, the flipping, really any niche, but especially flipping is, is not just this oh, it's just going to be the means to the end. You know, I really want to go do this, but I'm just going to flip 10, 15 properties, make a ton of profit and then go to that next thing. Flipping is a business. And, and, and I just, and I say that all the time. And, and I, I don't know if, All the shows out there depict that. It sounds like your show is really depicting that, which is phenomenal, but it's frustrating. Sometimes people think it's easier than it is. It's not rocket science, but it is. There's a lot of pieces to a flip. I always say rentals are forgiving. You're owning Mm -hmm. it for a longer term. All right. You spend a little more in renovation. Your budget went up a little bit. Okay. You're going to make that up because you're holding it long-term. Flips are not that way. It's not forgiving. It's like game on. Budget, timeline, and team. If you don't manage that well, you will lose. If you manage it well, you will win. It's not more complex than that, in my experience. So when you're like working, when you see this ha- that happening, you know that 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 idea of the business piece. So what are the critical things? Having a marketing plan. What what are those other pieces of the puzzle? Obviously, knowing your budget. <laughs> uh, that's pretty key, key. How do that's big big a big fear for women. They yeah. don't know what things cost. And h- how do I know if I'm getting spending too much or too little? What are some of those kind of ways that they can make sure that they are they're you know setting themselves up for success with their budget, with their plan, you know, and and really setting themselves up like a business, not a side hustle.
4: Well, you guys are hitting on all my heartstrings. I think this is probably my favorite interview or conversation based around the show, but beyond the show, because we have like minds and spirits with investing, right? And invest hers, you know, because uh, this is not a game or a side hustle, nor is it easy. And as soon as I hear people say, Ooh, I'm a hustle this real estate and I want to get in the real estate game. I'm like, well, you're about to lose because this is a full on business and each flip should have a business plan. And if you don't follow that, that's why this show exists Because, because people don't have just the fundamental understanding of business 101. And it might be because, you know, they, you know, especially in the world of social media, We see the end result and we see the money and we don't see how long it took for real. (laughs) We see what it took on Instagram, which is a 30 second video, you know, from beginning to end. We don't see the tears. We don't see when we need help. We don't see the failures, you know, in real in in each project. um, How smelly
2: were the houses? (laughs) How,
4: How smelly, how horrible the houses are. Another one of my poker faces I don't have when I walk in like, oh, you know, because you can't smell it on TV, but my face will tell the story. And so, you know, just having the understanding that this is a business and just like when people buy their first homes, that's the most money they'll spend probably in their entire lives as, you know, first time home buyers in an average market. The same thing with flipping the first, your first flip is probably the most money you've put anywhere your entire life. So to not have this business plan to support this business decision and a mental shift, you know, that's what I talk to people about first. So let's talk about your mental because no, it's not rocket science, right, Liz, but it is a business. So let's talk about what you think you're going to get out of this and what you expect, because it is, you know, all this pretty that we put on, you know, for TV or for podcasts, it's not how you go to a flip. This is how you go to a flip. You know, you put your hair up, you pull your sleeves up, and you go get to work. You know, you're working on those numbers. You're working. You might be fussing with your contractor, fussing with times and delivery, and that's what's real. And you know, people just don't have that mind shift
2: and understanding before they start. You know, the my my first my first flip I remember it was supposed to be a sixty five thousand budget, and I pay a hundred and twelve. <laughs> Right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, Why? Why did I buy that specific vanity or that level of granite? Or what? I did not have a finishes list, all the items picked up. And I I, I went custom on a couple of things. I I tell my contractors, I am allergic to custom.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Unless. unless, I like that one.
2: Yeah, I'm allergic to custom, unless the 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 price of the property justify the custom piece, and then I'll go for it, right? But we if we're talking around the four hundred ish area, there's no custom, right? They might look good, they might look good, it might look expensive, but it's all from your regular supplier uh, that offers that. So one of the things that I see it a lot is like over rehabbing or putting your personal taste into yeah. it. And here's what I mean by that. Right. I love Italians. right? My family is Brazilian Italian. So I love Italians and Italians love tile. <laughs> How do I know an Italian we have that property? <laughs> when I go to the bathroom and like head to toe everywhere, <laughs> everywhere there's, there's, there's style and there's marble somewhere in the property, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So for the women that are that are listening, is, is there a way? How can they avoid over rehabbing a property? That's a great question.
4: So unapologetically, many of us are emotional, and we're in touch with our emotions, and we want the best for everyone, including the buyers for this house. But instead of thinking about the buyers and market, which goes back to what we were just chatting a little bit about, about having a business plan and a marketing plan for each property, because you have to know your area and what, in whom you're renovating for. What I tell people is that you don't want to be the biggest, most beautiful, most expensive house on the block, because number one, there won't be a comp for it, <laughs> which means that when the appraisal comes, it's going to under appraise for your list price, which means you're not going to make the money projected, which means that you probably over renovated for the area. So let's, backwards. Okay. Let's start with the area. Let's take a tour of some open houses in the area. Let's see what some renovations are going for. Let's see what people are buying. Let's see what, and it's okay to push the market and change the market. If you're that, you know, big, bold, you know, flipper that wants to go in and start changing an area, you're the first house. But even then you have to just know your market. Every neighborhood is different. And in Los Angeles, you can have. Now listen, our numbers are a little different, you guys. So yeah,
1: you know. <laughs> That's what <I> there. <laughs>
4: Let me just because I was about I heard you say four hundred thousand. I was like, <laughs> yeah, no,
2: no, I no. the it. lower areas here the prices are going crazy. But yeah, well, I have a flip right now, and it was
4: a hot mess, hot, 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 hot mess. And I got it for a steal at six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So that new ticket is nine hundred and fifty thousand. But even then again. This is market like sensitive and, and, and market, whatever word I'm looking for. So in this market, a $950,000 house isn't what the rest of the country might think it is. It's still a first-time buyer neighborhood. It's you know very just traditional for $950,000, but there's no high end in this flip because it's not a high-end area. And I went and I did my market research before I even closed- you know, I was checking out the comps and because, and that also is because I'm a broker and I'm just comp crazy. And I love comps and I'm never, ever wrong because I'm so good at my comps. <laughs> you know, I was able to already start picking out, you know, like you were saying, okay, what am I finished? going to be, I already knew what it was going to be. Now, sometimes you actually walk in the property again, once it's all emptied out, because when we were under contract, it was, people so occupied, but, and I did change some things like, oh, you know what? Let me um just, let me just, I did add a little bit Upgraded tile because I knew I was pushing the price a little bit because I really should could have been around nine hundred thousand if I went super basic. But I'm never going to be too basic. And I'll say this, and then you know I get long winded sometimes. But you know one thing I I know is that buyers are super savvy nowadays. You know they find houses before they find realtors, and most people think they're realtors anyway without having a license because it's fun while you're online looking for different houses and saying oh well, this house is this. So when I always think as the buyer you know, while I am doing the renovation. You know, people get stuck in the, with themselves, you know, and say, well, I want it to be this, this, and this. And no, 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 We want it to be what the market is calling for, but still respect the buyer because we still need a good price.
2: Makes total sense. You, you mentioned about comps, right? I'm also a big fan of comps and that's going to dictate if it is a deal or if it is not. And if I were to sell it right now, what would I get, right? And appraisers. <laughs> what a fun breed, right? Because when, when we either they get exactly the your loan amount, or sometimes, you know, they're a little over, over the place. And I've dealt with different lenders, different appraisers to overcome the appraisal report because there were so many mistakes. And I and I was able to really understand, okay, what are the rules to run in comps? What are my rules over here of my market that are completely different from somebody from Kentucky, for example? (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. But you're mentioning such a great point in terms of the comps. And I think that it's as important as knowing your numbers. Absolutely. Spreadsheet. You've got to know how to run comps
4: and know how to do adjustments as well. So that's another step. So you know your comps, you don't compare apples to oranges, but if there's only apples to oranges to compare in the immediate neighborhood within three miles, then you need to know how to adjust. And if you don't want to know how to do that, that's when you get a good realtor on your team that knows how to do all that. Because I think like an appraiser as well, and I, I don't get so emotionally involved in my flip to think that it's worth more than it is. You have to put on your buyer's hat and say, as a buyer, would you pay X amount of dollars for this property the way that it is? And if your answer is no, then you need to adjust your numbers because that's all an appraiser is going to do. They're going to go in, they're going to see the upgrades, they're going to make adjustments for the neighborhood and then give you this number. Now, there are times where because appraisers get very busy, then maybe they miss our number. So I just politely a little email with some supporting comps and adjustments. Maybe you missed this. I know you're so busy. And sometimes they're like, I don't adjust my comps. You know, I don't adjust my my appraisal. (laughs) But sometimes I've had more wins in that where they're like, you know what? I did miss that property. Thank you for pointing out that adjustment. And then they do adjust it. it. And that just goes back to who the phrasers Are they cool or are they not? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it can be hit and miss, but definitely always worth trying to. But okay. if, if you don't know how to do adjustments and good comps, then you won't even know to do that.
2: You're just right? going to accept it as it is as your final sentence.
4: Exactly. No, we're not accepting that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it.
5: Keep your money in your pocket and propel your portfolio further at firstexchange.com. First American Exchange Company does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your financial, real estate, tax, or legal advisor about your circumstances. First American Exchange Company. Safe, smart, secure.
1: So, you know, I think about like between, you know, between your your flipping when you were doing it and now you're you're counseling people and, and partnering with people, quite honestly, in, in, in what you're doing on HGTV. What for you when you were doing, you know, either or would have been the biggest mistakes that you've made that you are so grateful for that have created the, you know, the ability to to help other people in this business? Like what, what's what's that you know? One or two mistakes, one or two big lessons that you've gotten along the way, and uh, you know, just curious to to because I I think that's so important what you just said earlier. Just I'll just make a mention that we see the end result, we don't see the mistakes that people that are um, successful that made and because we all do, and we just. You know, some of us talk about them, some of yeah. us don't. It doesn't mean that people just are like, whatever they touch is gold. Although I do know some people who say that. I'm like, I don't, I just need to <laughs> spend an hour with you and I'll find some things you've probably done wrong. Usually not gonna, women, I hate to be so right, biased, right, right. but are usually not women.
2: Listen, I'll, for those people that say, however, everything that I touch, it turns gold. Right.
1: You know what happens with Midas, right? <laughs> they don't say that. But if you listen to them on an interview or you listen yeah. to them, that is what they're saying. In, and, my, yeah. in, my, in my humble Freaking
2: opinion. ego, man. Just
1: so, no, you're right. You, Cage.
4: <laughs> and those are when I, I roll my eyes and I probably just go to the next podcast. Like the, I just yeah. will stick with the investor podcast. Where, you know, you're going to keep <laughs> it go. real. You we know what I'm saying? And, and it's like, psh, that's not true. You know, anyway, I'm sorry. Cause I, some names just came to my head on social media. I'm like, Oh, when I see him and for some reason I still follow him, it just irritates me. But when I see him, I'm like, I listen, you and your wife and your puppy dogs, none of that is real life. You know what I'm saying? I would love to see you as
1: soon as you, you know, stop recording. I'm sorry. Okay. I counseling <laughs> session. Another, another, another podcast. We'll have you back on and we'll just talk about that. <laughs> here, <laughs> um... But for you, what were some of those big lessons that you learned along the way that have helped shape you? Well, I think we've touched on them. Um,
4: One thing I didn't say, uh, just to mention, too, one is not having a mentor. I got into this business blindly. I started my real estate, uh, my own brokerage, three years after I had my license, blindly without help. And I spent a lot of money. I lost a lot of money because I just didn't have help. And unfortunately in real estate, I think now um, we're more of a gathering mind, you know, women, but back then, 20 years ago, nobody wanted to help me because real estate is so competitive. Like I could sell every house on my own, you know what I'm saying? No, I need help, you know? And so, but back then I just couldn't find anybody to help me. That's number one. So that mentor, number two, working with your head down. And not paying attention to trends, not paying attention to what's around the corner, not reading something every single day from wherever you get your information from to know what could happen. Nobody can predict what will happen. Like when people say, what do you think is going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen. Did you know the pandemic was going to happen? I don't know. You know, let's just, let's just get real. Sell as much as you can, save as much as you can and get ready. That's all I can tell you. Right. Let's just, you know, I'm trying to be like this. You know, this reporter, well, I think that in the next year and a half, I don't know none
2: of us know all I know is we're in a seller's market do what you can and say what you can right but um, let's ask for the variants and see what they say if another variant comes through (laughs) yeah we'll
4: see I don't know right but
2: when I say having your head
4: down I remember in 2007 I had I opened up my my first real estate brokerage in 2006 and I had maybe 40 about 40 42 agents and we were all making so much money had only been in the business four years and I was like this is a Amazing. Turn out, you know, I'm just selling, 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 and then literally one day I said, "Wait a minute, am I just am I paying my office rent from my own account instead of from the business account where the agents should be paying the rent from you know our our splits?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Ah, you know." So I paid. I said that was an ouch. And then the next month I paid it again, and then I see people retire or oh, page. You know, I'm going to get a job at the post office, and I'm like, "Why? Well, because I can't find you know real estate's getting hard, and my head was down, and." I didn't know that a re- recession, I think we were in one at that point. This is before Google. So I had to go to the library and look up recession, <laughs> right? And I'm like, mommy, what is a recession? She was like, oh, well, we've had those. They come and go. But no, I had never heard of a recession like as a as a, as a businesswoman, mm-hmm. And I didn't have anybody to turn to and I didn't know what to do. Now I'm resilient and I'm resourceful and having resources many times means a lot more than having money. Because when money goes dry, if you have resources, then you'll always be able to eat. And because I'm resourceful and I dig and I look and I dig and I research, I was able to come across a HUD contract that I had for 10 years that made me more than enough money to put, as a single mom especially, put my kids through private school and through college and graduated them all. And they're all at the same time because they're stair steps. So three drivers, three proms, three college, you know, tuition. Oh, my God. But that that was a save from my resilience and and not wanting to be hungry but going back to what you asked Liz having your head down and working in your business and not on your business where your head is up and you're looking right because we can we get we get we drown sometimes in our work and that goes back to because we only depend on ourselves instead of spreading the wealth and saying it's time for me to start paying somebody to help me you know we try to do it all on our own and that will kill us too real quick
2: indeed like, a lot of women here, are, I'm going to just be blunt with the excuses that we hear, right? Here are the reasons why I'm not hiring people. One of them is that I can't afford it. I am too small to, to hire. My business is not organized or it's messy and I don't want to show that to other people. Others are like, honestly, it's easier and quicker if I do it myself. I don't have the patience to manage a, a team. So all of that, either separate or combined, those are the things that we're hearing from many women on, on our community, and they're still tapping themselves, right? There's limited time that they can do it. So for, for those, quote unquote, excuses or, or reasonings, what would you tell the, those women?
4: That goes back to fear. So what that fear is, is being out of control. You're not trusting yourself or somebody else with your business. And it's only be and I was that control freak. I was that, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. You know, I probably I was on stroke level, but I'll do it because I didn't trust anybody to do it like I would do it. So number one, I I had to ask myself, well, who do you think you are? You think you're the best in the world and nobody else can do it? You think you're (laughs) the only one? So let's check that mentality first. Okay. No, I could not grow unless I had help. Hiring a full-time assistant was the best thing I ever did. And she worked for me for 10 years. And now she now, and then I made her get her license because I said, listen. I'm never gonna pay you more than this x amount right now because that's all this job calls for. You get your license now you work with me and not for me because she was a single mom too, and you're good and she just has blown her real estate out of the water. I'm so proud of her. So if you can't afford it, which that word can't, that goes back to being resourceful. there are so go find an intern. You might not need a full-time to start out. You might just need somebody part-time to help you structure your business. Go find somebody in school who will do that, who will align themselves with you. Guess what? They might need a mentor. So there's always a way to exchange services, find interns, but you need, or even go through the dot-coms and pay for really inexpensive help just to keep you going and keep you afloat to grow your business. Because as long as you're working in it, you can't work on it.
1: So true and it and it really limits so many women especially the women that are looking to scale they've yeah. done they've done like a handful of flips or a handful of rentals and they're just they got to get to that next level and they can't right. they're not going to get to the next level by themselves they're it's not. just impossible and and i think that's the piece that we see so much of the women in our community like get, getting to that next level yeah. and and really being able to let go
4: but it's hard go. sometimes it is
1: but, <laughs> but we need to you know you have to I
4: had to, and it is so freeing once you do, just like I said about my kids, I'm like, I have all this time. I was like, who knew there was really more hours in a day? There are, there are more hours in a day.
1: (laughs) You know, on the, on the vein of kids, I'm curious, you know, seeing, seeing their mom do what you did over the years, what, what do you hope that your kids get from you in terms of qualities? Or have well, gotten from you in terms of qualities. And I see that their
4: resilience, their strength. And what the kids nowadays, you know, this generation, they're um, even though they're very entitled, which irks me, you know, because they've been given a lot, they haven't had to work like I've had to work, you know, the old school way. And that just is what it is, you know. But I feel that I I see their resilience and their strength. I don't know that they see it yet. But I, my hope is that they will honor the legacy because everything I did was for them. Now I'm living a little bit for me because they're grown and living their own lives. But even in building, like, let's say this show yeah, this show is a show and it's fun. But here's the deal, girls. Guess what? The first show I was on, built it away, you know. But now your mom is creator, your mom is executive producer, and she's host. I went and built my own table mm-hmm. so that I could. I know we just said it's not good, but so that I can be in control of this part, even though I have help, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? I'm not by myself, but I built my own table and I don't know that many, you know, women on television can say that yet. I created the show, (laughs) I'm EP and I host it, you know, what better way than to create a lasting legacy, which is important, even in flipping and on the show, I even say, you guys, you, to this one couple, you guys are going to believe the show. You know, they're like, we're building for our legacy. Legacy. I was like, hold on, that's a trigger word. If you use that word with me, I'll be here forever helping you and and holding your ladder to make sure that you win. But then in turn, it's like, well, yeah, this is our legacy, but X, Y, Z is going to happen. And will they accept my help or will they not? My hope is that my kids understand this legacy is for their children's children. So that what did Mark, Mark Jobs say, you should make a, not Mark, Jesus Lord, what's his name? I don't know why I said that name. I do know why, but Steve, sorry, Steve, he said, you know, we're here to make a dent in the universe, you know, and that's what I want to do. I want to make a dent, leave my marks that my children's children's children know who their great, great grandmother was.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's so powerful to, to be able to, when I think about that. I think about I have an eight year old and a four year old, and I think about them as adults, which just toggles <laughs> po- 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 my mind. No, like, that's crazy. My it's- son is going to be a dad one day. Hopefully, <laughs> my daughter's actually going to be running something one day. It makes me laugh a little bit because I see the craziness, and my daughter's like, ah! you know, she's just a little crazy little five, four year old, about to be five year old. And I, I think about them when they're in their twenties, I do. And I'm like, I, I and in their thirties, and I'm like, what do I want to impart to them? I, Cause I need to be intentional. It's not going to just happen by stance. I have to no. be, and some days, I, you know, I'm a hot mess and that's what they're getting yeah. from me, to be perfectly frank. And that's other days, sure. I'm like super intentional. Right. And like, yeah. especially my son, you talk about an entitled and I just want to speak to this quick, quickly. The entitleness of children, right? The entitleness of, of kids and, and my son, I, I said to my husband the other day, I feel like I feel like I feel like he has this little bit of this. What he's saying sounds entitled to me, and I'm very aware of it. And it was a big deal to go out to dinner for my family. Like yeah. literally, my 16th birthday was my dad taking me and yes. my five friends out to dinner. That was my that was my 16th birthday present. So I know yeah. how important that <laughs> was for them to put that money aside to take me and my five friends Absolutely. out to dinner. Yeah. Now d- going to dinner is like every Friday night. Yeah. So I'm just saying this because I think as women get, get there. They're creating, they're building wealth. They're creating financial freedom. They're, they're having wins in their own life financially. And like the last thing I want is as we grow our own wealth and grow our own business is for my kids to be entitled or to not get the lessons that I got as a kid. So that's a work in progress. You know, my, my husband, and I actually have some interesting creative ideas on what to do. And we're working through a little bit right now, but I just say that because I think that's such an important So important to the woman listening, is that we do create this financial freedom. We do create this financial abundance, security. Fill in the blank. But I don't want to do it at the cost of my kids getting feeling entitled or not getting the lessons that I got as a kid, because I did have to work for it. It was a big deal, you know, some of the different things. So I don't don't have an exact lesson uh, answer, but I think just you know, ladies, watch your kids, watch what they're hearing, watch what they're saying, because you. Take I those can tablets away. for an
4: eight-year-old. <laughs> yeah. One thing I had to do, and we'll have to have a mom podcast one time, <laughs> but one thing I did early, and my kids are a lot older than yours, Liz, but I remember they were fighting over, <laughs> this is going to date me, but VHS tapes. They wanted to watch Rugrats. And they had a TV in their room. We had a TV in the living room a TV in my room. And at that immediate moment when they were fighting, I said, no more. I took the TV out of their room. We only had two TVs in the house instead of 10. We had one in the den. I took one out the living room. You shouldn't have a TV in your living room anyway. Took that one out the living room. So we had one in our den and one in my room. And that way I was able to control it. That way they understood that there are provisions and, you know, you can't just turn on the TV. And then they, because there was three of them, they had to work together if they wanted to watch something. And I put hours on the TV. Now, they didn't have tablets back then. So God bless you, Liz, because I also understand with my sister who has kids your exact age I'm, sometimes I'm like, just give them the tablet. You know what I'm saying? Because it becomes a babysitter, right? And, but then I feel bad. I'm like, no, no, we can't. We got to pull it back. You know? And our time with our kids is—I don't like calling kids a job, but that was another thing God told me. Like, we're from when they get out of school from four to nine, that's you and them. That's no tablet. That's no TV. That's you and them. That's you can't be on the phone. You can't text. That's you and them. When they go to bed, do what you want. You know? And that really changed for us. And and I'm—I am grateful that. I didn't raise kids who are addicted to games. They they weren't gamers. I bought one gaming system and we had to go to Blockbuster every weekend to rent one game and we took it back. And it was hard on me because I really wanted that little babysitter. But at the same time, I wanted to raise children that were socially, you know, you know, able to socialize well and not just stuck in their room. So my kids did play outside, you know, I I made them, I was like, go outside, leave me alone, you know? So, you know, that's another story, but another, you know, another, another talk we can have, but it's hard, Liz, it's hard. You know, you, you are, you are probably going to be the toughest generation of parents ever because you're contending with so much outside noise, but
1: You know, the the idea I had, I don't know if this will serve anyone listening, but the idea I had, my son's obsessed with Legos. And my idea was, you know, and and he buys them with his own money. He saves them. We have a little family meeting every month and he puts his money. So so if it's not birthday or, or Christmas money, he usually is buying his own Lego sets. So, however, it's like he becomes obsessed with the next Lego set. It's like this, you know, entitled obsession. So, my husband and I are like, why don't we create like a gratitude project? And He has to achieve this gratitude project in order to, before anything else happens with anything Lego, we're still kind of uh, floating the idea around, to be honest. I'm going to talk to my father. I'm going to go to my my resources to pull this project together. But it's going to be about, like, gratitude of what he has. Because he literally, when I tell you how many Lego sets he has, it's like... (laughs) It's crazy. So again, I, I just me. float that as an idea for all the creative women listening and men listening, we have to be the ones that put these things in place for our kids cuz exactly. society won't won't mm-hmm. Society won't. I know that much. So I'm like, all right, we're getting creative here. What are we gonna do? So I'm actually have a call I'm with my dad. I scheduled a call with my father um, for <laughs> later it. today. And I'm like, Dad, I got it. I got something on here, and I need your brainstorm because he was a teacher for four years. So nice. Like, all right, oh, we're doing a graduate project. What do you yeah. think, Dad? What what does he need to do? You know, that's brilliant. So, but anyway, Paige, thank you so much for opening opening up, sharing all your great um, suggestions with us, our our audience, um, and love what you're doing, what you stand for. Where can the ladies listening learn more about you and follow you along your your wonderful journey here? Well, thank you both
4: so much for having me. This is I just feel so great this morning. I feel super empowered. I'm so glad to meet two amazing women that are like minded and really making waves. You know, in our you know female community so thank you both so much for all that you're doing for us um it's needed so keep going hey y'all can follow me on instagram at page turner unlimited no
2: i just p-a-g-e turner unlimited awesome and this information you guys can find on our show notes now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions page and the first question that i have for you is what's the most transformational book you ever read Oh, besides my The Go Life book on Amazon?
4: (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Oh,
2: well, I'll tell you what. That I've ever read? Oh, my gosh. Or recently read something that had a tremendous impact in your life? This
4: may, okay, this may be a little, I have it right here, actually. It's Will by Will Smith. It is something else. It talks about, we didn't say this word today, but he really gets transparent on his journey and it's just reading it is a tearjerker from chapter one. I'm about just over halfway through it. It's, it's heavy, it's heavy, but just, I can relate to so much in it because, you know, he's, I don't know if he was born in late sixties or seventies. he's a seventies baby like me. So a lot of it is like, Oh, I remember that, you know, taking back back down that journey and, and it's, he's a great storyteller. So right now it's him because I'm just addicted to this book. I love it.
2: The second question is, what's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life, whatever balance means to you?
4: At 48, the it's grace, giving myself grace, grace to just be me and working it out, whomever I wake up to be that day, <laughs> because we are
2: apologetically a whole lot at one time, and I've embraced it, and I hope that you will too. So Grace. The last question is, which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most?
4: My mommy. My father passed away when I was eight, and I didn't realize she was a single mother before I became a single mother. And not only was she a single mother, but I'm biracial. My dad is uh, Black, and my mom is white. And looking back at all that she had to fight through just having me on her hip, you know, without the Black counterpart to help her, you know, raise a Black woman in our society, and her always in my ear, keep going, you got it, don't worry about it, get back up. She's always been right there. And at 81 and having her last round of chemo and being healed at 81, having to go through that and still carrying me, it's her, always her. Sorry.
1: No, no. we're so sorry to hear that. <laughs> that
4: question. <laughs> yeah my mommy she's a champ she is a champ so her all day every
1: day it sounds like it right I mean sounds like a wonderful woman yeah she's amazing Paige thank you so much for for being being on our show we really sincerely appreciate your time and can't wait to watch the show and uh just really excited about what you're up to and what you stand for so thank you again so much thank you both so much for all you're doing
4: I had so much fun
1: ended with tears Thank you so much, Paige.
2: (laughs) Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes.
1: If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.